What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show. Busses no shots, just in the nick of time. And guess what? The Knicks pull out a win in New York, avoid the sweep and the gentleman sweep, and push this series to game six, beating the Heat 112 to 103. RJ Barrett came in, had a monstrous game, 26 points on the night. Julius Randle, after a horrendous start, finishes with 24 points, five assists, and six rebounds. Grimes, the gritty one. The biggest 8.5 assists, two steal, two block game of your life. And our fearless leader, Jalen Brunson plays all 48 minutes along with Grimes and gives you 38.7 assists and nine rebounds. You knew, you knew this man was going to show out damn near at a triple double. And we're going to talk about it all, man. The good, the bad, the ugly, but it's a lot of good because the Knicks win. The Knicks win. And man, talk about grit. Talk about grit. Jalen Brunson, Quentin Grimes. Played all 48 minutes today. And you can tell, it's like, wow, the Tibbs figured it out. R Ryan G, Ryan G, Tibbs figured it out. Tibbs finally figured it out. Grimes gives you the space. Yeah. Brunson needs to operate. So I'm not sitting this man down the entire game. And even if I put RJ on the bench and Josh Hart comes in, Grimes is still not sitting down. So kudos to the coach for making what, guys? Adjustments. All right. <laughs> Salute to the chat. Salute to the guys. And I just want to go right into it. Get your thoughts on the game. Let's go. Go ahead, Lee Escobilla. Let me know your thoughts on the game, man. I wrote in my pregame uh write up for posting and toasting. I told a story about my dad and I watching game five. No, game four of the 2012 uh first round playoff series between the New York Knicks and Miami Heat. When Carmelo dropped 41 to stave off elimination. That was the first playoff game win that I saw in my New York Knicks fandom because mm -hmm. I started watching right after that conference finals. Great article, uh, by the way. Lee. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I was emotional while I was writing about it because I was thinking about, you know, my relationship, my pops, and our relationship in conjunction with the Knicks. And he's the reason why I'm a fan. And also, like, the feeling of jubilation when you watch your favorite team, the team that you invest. Every moment you're in the shower, the bathroom, when you're alone, driving in the car, on the subway, wherever, at work, you're thinking about the Knicks. How can the Knicks get better? How can the Knicks win a championship? That's how I am. 24-7, I'm thinking about how can my favorite dysfunctional team win a championship? Amen. And, and today, they showed they had the heart to stave off elimination and gave a whole new generation of Knicks fans their first memory of something to reflect on years from now. And they look back and say, oh, that was a that was a first great game that I saw while I was a Knit fan. Because there hasn't been very many in the last 20 years. This was the best win of my lifetime was today. Because it already had won one game, but Jimmy Butler wasn't there. Butler was there today. And they show they can beat the Heat with Butler and the rest of that roster, their three-point shooters, you know, hitting some some wide open threes and you know, giving us the three-point barrage in the fourth quarter, but for the most part, we held our own. Yeah. And man, 
Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein found that offensive rebounding back. The Dallas had dominant five-game wins in the series in Cleveland. And to me, that was that, and along with R.J. Barrett becoming a star in the playoffs, surpassing any expectations I had. I'm changing my opinion on my kid. Uh, those are the two key metrics for me in us winning this game, along with Jalen Brunson being him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of figured – I was saying this on Twitter for a few people. If we play the way we played last game and just rebound the ball, we win. Because it's not like we got blown out last game. We lost the, the, the rebound battle. And today, when you're looking at the rebounds, we won. The rebound battle, uh, particularly uh, – um, Look at the stats real quick. 57 to 44 advantage, Nick, when it comes to rebounds. In general, offensive rebounds, we also win that 214 to 11. Rebounds are a big reason why we put this game away. And I'm pretty sure Ryan G is about to mention some other reasons why I put this game away. Go ahead, Ryan G. <laughs> yeah. First and foremost, I'm going to say this. I don't know if y'all were following my tweets on Twitter. Of course. But early on. I was so pissed off. Like, I literally wanted to turn <laughs> my TV and toss it out the damn window. That's how pissed yeah. off I was Chill, <laughs> with the way the Knicks came out in that game. Because I was like, this is a must-win game. How can y'all come out like this and play like this? Like, there was no adjustments. They were playing slow, mm-hmm. allowing the Heat to, to um, set up on a defensive end to where they can't create no offense whatsoever. And I thought the game was done, honestly. After the first quarter, I was pissed off. I was done. I was like, yo, my happiness matters more than this. If I, if it wasn't for the podcast, I probably would have turned off the game right then and there. And you would have missed a thriller, all right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But in the second quarter, the Knicks started to turn up the pace. All series. What was the issue? What was one of the issues for the Knicks? The Jimmy Butler minutes mm-hmm. when he's on the bench. The Knicks were not dominating those minutes all series. Finally, when Butler goes to the bench, that's when the Knicks woke up and they dominated those minutes. And that, I think that that's what got them back into the game that was major. Yeah. Another thing now, they started to pick up the pace as well. Instead of taking their sweet time up the court, allowing Miami to set up their defense, they started to play a bit faster and get easier baskets. That's another thing. Another thing now... I want to t- I want to touch on Julius Randle because, again, in the first half, he was pissing me off. Oh, I yeah. was like, I was like, I was like, yo, <laughs> Julius Randle, I'm here trying to support you, my guy, but you cannot be playing like this in a game that's a must win. Mm-hmm. Because I see what Julius Randle's doing in the offensive, and he he changed it in the second half. He played way better in the second half, and you have to give that man his props for finally waking up and uh, contributing to the win. But I see what he's doing, especially in the first half, because it seems like when he gets the ball, he's trying to wait and see what Miami, what defense Miami's going to throw nope. at him, rather than rather than rather than just going and seeing what Miami's going to throw at him. Because That's if he, mm-hmm. because every time he gets the ball, he holds it because he's trying to see like, okay, any doubles are going to come and this and that. But the thing is that Miami's not initiating anything when he's holding the ball. Miami's only going to react once he makes a move. So. He started to play better in the second half, but Julius Randle, what, what I would what I would like to see from him is okay, when you get the ball, just make a move because oh. Miami's because Miami's not gonna show their hand unless you make a move. And then when you then when Miami shows their hand, when you make the move, then you react. And that's what he did in the second half. And 
it resulted in a lot of open threes as well because a lot of those passes that Julius Randle passed out of the double team where he found the open shooter, a lot of them were hockey were hockey assists because he would pass it out to an open shooter and then mm-hmm. they would make the pass. And I think on two of them, like Brunson had wide open threes. And Brunson wasn't getting those wide open threes the last couple of games in Miami. So that was also big as well. And I just want to go to the team stats as well because you mentioned the rebound battle. I think that was the major thing. Because the Knicks were getting killed on the boards by Miami in the last couple of games. But in this game, like I said, they they out-rebounded Miami by 16 on the boards. And I think this is the most important stat right here, the defensive rebounds, 36. Because Miami Miami were getting a lot of second-chance opportunities. And tonight, there was a lot of one-and-dones for the Knicks. They they definitely crashed the defensive boards and limited the defensive rebounds for Miami and limited those second chance points, which were major. And I think another thing to point out too is the turnovers as well. The Knicks won this game with 19 turnovers. That's crazy. Which is crazy. And Miami had 29 points off of those 19 turnovers. So in game six in Miami, the Knicks have to limit those turnovers. I think if they can limit those turnovers and win, the, and win on the boards again, there's a chance they could bring it back to the garden for game seven. You, you, you touched on a lot. At first, I'm gonna start with Julius Randle because he was pissing me off too. All right, I'm gonna say this: he was pissing me all the way. I was screaming at TV, "Move fast!" We were having success when we were attacking early, but he he passed up an open three just to let the defense reset, just so he can post up Bam out of bio, which hasn't worked the entire series. By the way, he has not successfully posted up Bam the entire series just to turn the ball over. And I'm sitting here like, "What's going on with you, Julius? Like, get your head." in the game the Knicks in the first quarter only scored 14 points and then the Knicks going to run with Obi Toppin in the game instead of instead of Randall and Obi Toppin wasn't even anything special but you know what Obi Toppin did he didn't slow the game down <laughs> he got out and ran dunked it moved the ball kept it moving and the pace was able to keep up with Obi in the game didn't have a phenomenal game but he didn't slow down the game so that pace was so important for us because that was the only way we were able to get into mismatches get into the scoring and get into a flow offensively and I'm glad Jaren Randall figured it out later but he has to figure that out a little bit faster it's like, ah. but it's like but we we got there when we got there, all right? It, it, it is what it is. It is what we got there when we got there. But, I mean, listen, but we, we have a lot of other people to talk about, right? We got, I don't even talk about Brunson yet. I don't really talk about Brunson yet, but I'm going to talk about Brunson right now. I'm going to talk about Brunson. I'm going to talk about Tibbs, man, because... I'm giving. I'm a guy. I gotta give Tibbs some props because Tibbs been getting a lot of heat. Oh, must be the coach's fault that that the Knicks aren't playing well. And da, 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 da. listen, man, today was a good, another good example of Tibbs is not done. All right, all season long we've been talking about how Randall needs to sit when he's not playing well. Those OB minutes when Randall sat for that entire set, almost entire second quarter, were was very important for this win. All right, very it got us back into a flow, first of all. And like I said in the beginning of the series, playing Brunson and Grimes together was such a huge game changer for us. Just just for the fact that, like Ryan G said, the, the last post game, he gives you the spacing. Playing Grimes gives you the spacing, first of all. And second of all, Brunson and Grimes, they both fought. Um, to grab rebounds this game, even though even the, even if they can cleanly get a rebound, 
They understood the assignment. They were blocking people off with one arm, batting the ball away with the other arm to, to, to the point where you're looking at Brunson's stats and this man damn near had a triple-double. 38 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 10-12 from the free throw nine, plus 9 on the night, and never sat, put New York City on his back. Point guard Jalen Brunson, man. That's my that's my point guard, man. Don't talk to me about point guard. Don't talk to me about Donovan Mitchell's better than him. Don't talk to me about he's not an all-NBA player. Don't talk to me about I'm overrating that man. That man played ball today. Oh, today, man. I'm so, so, so glad. I know he's going to have a lot of more of these type of performances that's going to wow uh, audiences and Knicks fans for years to come. And we have a point guard finally, that, that piece that we've been missing. We just have to keep building around it. And look at, look at this. Now we are with the bottom. RJ Barrett growing before our eyes. Lee, you haven't said anything in a while. I know you've been taking it, and I'm I'm gonna pass the ball to you. I want to talk about Tom Thibodeau real quick. Go ahead. The hate on Tom Thibodeau, it, it's it's so funny. I'm in this position where I, I feel like, in some ways, I'm defending them when intern. I was calling for his fire. And yeah, <laughs> I, I became a Tibbs intern from you know. I think I probably stopped saying fire tips around January. Yeah. Uh, and then I actually became a pretty solid fan of him in the way that he coached the rest of the way out. But there's something unique about the hatred I see on Twitter for Tom Thibodeau because more than, than RJ or Randall, there's never an informed opinion, but rarely is there an informed opinion. I will every now and then see some X's and O's breakdowns of what Tibbs could be doing better against Spo, like maybe more small to small screens, maybe mm -hmm. be a little bit more decisive. Which he did today. Yes, he did. <laughs> he he saw grind coming from the corner to, to set a screen for Brunson. And then you, you seen that all like I'm sorry, continue. No, you're right. Because it leads to my second point, which Tibbs also did. Or being more discern discerning when to double Jimmy. Double Jimmy at the free throw line and in. Allow him to have single coverage on the three-point line or between the free throw line and the three-point line. You rarely see any type of conversation about that. Typically, Tibbs hate on Twitter is he's a dumbass. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's reached a ceiling. He's lost a team. He's arrogant. He's an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. I, I think critiquing every player from James Dolan on down to uh, any bum on the end of the bench is fair game. But if you don't do it, do it with an informed opinion. A constructed opinion with evidence and backing on why you feel that way. And 90% of a tip say that I see on Twitter is empty and mindless and soulless. Yeah. And honestly, it's cowardly to just attack him and make him a scapegoat for the effort of a team collectively, and especially the effort of our best players and Julius Randle and his effort on defense it's and his decision-making on offense. Yeah. That's where the real issue lies. That every time Tom Thibodeau does something right, it's just Johnny Bryant whispered in his ear, <laughs> what the? That's the stupidest. That is the stupidest critique yeah. of Tom Thibodeau. And I have someone who had a lot of critiques of Tom Thibodeau. And that is the stupidest. So give Johnny Bryant his flowers. I hope one day that man's the head coach of the New York Knicks. I hope when Tibbs' contract ends, Johnny Bryant's begins. But to give Tibbs anything that he does as a 13 year veteran and as a head coach, anything positive he does, it says Johnny Bryant whispered in his ear, Bruh. Anyways, tonight I thought Tom Thibodeau coached a fantastic game. There were some things that really bothered me. I think the one minute of Deuce McBride was 
idiotic. Like, you got a guy on the bench that can spell Jalen Brunson and actually improve the defensive abilities of a team when he's on the floor. He's constantly a plus. Plus minus isn't the best metric, but he's constantly a plus unless the best point of attack on the opposing team, defending that. And with Miami, they run a lot of their action to the point guard when either Bam or Butler's on the bench. Mm -hmm. So why not counterbalance those substitutions with some decent bridesmaids minutes that helps contain the point of attack and helps contain their ability to get to the free throw line and get dribble penetration. One minute and most of those seconds were right before halftime. Ridiculous. I am a huge proponent of decent bride playing more minutes, especially when Emmanuel quickly is out of the game. Why the hell is Jalen Brunson playing the whole game when you have a very qualified backup who gives you the opposite of what Brunson gives you on the defensive end? Just my two cents. But this Here's I mean, what I love. He benched Josh Hart, his favorite toy, <laughs> Howard Burt's part two, but better. It was, get, it was getting to that point. He benched his ass when he was having titty-tat fouls, bad turnovers, poor decision-making, passing up wide-open threes, all the things that irritate me about Josh Hart, because every player has pros and cons. The fact that he benched him only gave him nine minutes and played Grimes, who did you constant spacing and perimeter threat, was a brilliant move. Hats off to of Tom Thibodeau. I'm done. I, I listen. I ain't going to get into a Miles McBride debate, but typically in a do or die game, for most coaches, they lean even heavier on their stars. So I understand why McBride wasn't in, but like that's that's not even a Tom Thibodeau thing. That's like it's maybe not a forty-eight minute thing. That might be like another level. Usually, it'd be like forty. Four, <laughs> you know, forty. That's what I you typically see. But Tom got a Tim got a tid, right? So sure. <laughs> Tim's got a tid. Right? Typically, he has quickly to balance that. But with no quickly, it makes more sense for Deuce McBride to hit those minutes, right? But there's not an excuse. To me, Deuce McBride, I, I feel you. I'm a I love Deuce McBride, but to me, when I'm looking at Deuce McBride and ball handling and running a team, I'm not particularly overconfident to throw him in that fire for like a 20 minute span on a do or die game when no, I really no. haven't seen it consistently throughout the regular season. That's just me. Uh, I think he should have matched up with the Kyle Lowry minutes. Those are the perfect minutes for him for him to be out there on. Not Gabe Vincent, but Kyle Lowry. I'm sorry, Black China. Because <laughs> he was Black China tonight, bro. Let's ask you. Uh, they're twerking. <laughs> Oh, Make it clap, Kyle Lowry. I saw you. Those teeth were clapping. Oh, my boy, nine oh, points at the bump. My ears. Take those fat ass oh, cheats back to Miami, bro. Oh, <laughs> I told y'all he was a bum. He shocked y'all for a game and a half, bro. I'm not no more oh, Kyle Lowry. You see that coming out of my mouth after he's talking. I'm not doing it, man. I'm not. Yo, I mean, yo, Black China was killing us, though. He was knocking into a punch three, but I forgot. Was past him. Black China got a ring. All right, Black China. Got a ring. Yeah, that's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I got to say. You got to put some respect because he killed us. I'm not. We still listen. We still got a couple more games to go. Right. No, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. More, it was not getting too cocky. It was not getting too cocky. Well, you know me, Jealous. But there is one thing I would like the Knicks to change in Game Six because. I think the Knicks kind of lucked out with the Heat not shooting well today from three-point range, which I think is probably because, you know, on the road, road, play, uh, road players don't normally shoot well on the road as opposed to at home. So seeing that they're going to go, seeing that they're going to be going back to Miami, the one thing I would like to see the Knicks stop doing, which I think 
is the reason why Duncan Robinson was able to go off in the fourth quarter because oftentimes I think Thibs had Brunson, Duncan Robinson. Oftentimes Brunson was going to double off of Duncan Robinson and then try right. to recover on Duncan Robinson. I'm like, that's not the guy that you double off of and leave open like that. And I think going into game six, like I want to see the Knicks stick to like Robinson, Struess, and those guys. Like do not – that's help it. off of those guys like stick to those guys so they don't go off on three because they're going to be playing in Miami the next game and those guys are more than likely going to not shoot bad from three sure. like yeah. they did in this game and, Dun- and I think that's the reason why Duncan Robinson was, was able to go off in the fourth because a lot of times they were doubling off of Duncan Robinson and Duncan Robinson was there just for catch and shoot yeah yo here's the thing about that like I understand this all the other okay Miami has not been shooting the three ball well in this series. All right. So more props to Tibbs because they were shooting lights out versus the Bucks. Uh, versus the Knicks, they've been shooting 31%, which in my mind is high because you've been shooting worse. Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> but in reality, they have not been shooting well uh in, from three or really from the field, really, this series. The only one who's really been shooting well in the series statistically is Jimmy Butler. Everybody else, we've done all right. All right, we the Bucks they were scoring they they, 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 had, they were scoring 125 points a game on the Bucks, okay, and four or five people were averaging over uh, 40 percent from three on the Heat squad. Not doing with us. So I, I agree with you, partly, Ryan. I, I'm I. We're gonna have to double off of to keep Jimmy from going off. We're going to have to double off one of them at some point. Maybe it's not consecutive plays to get him in the rhythm. Maybe that maybe that's the compromise. But Jimmy Butler, if, if we don't, people I, I've heard people say, well, if you we have to stop doubling Jimmy Butler altogether because if we if we stop doubling him, then he's then everybody else won't beat us. The Bucks didn't even double Jimmy Butler, and they averaged one twenty five games. So. We have to still double him, but we have to do it more judiciously, like Lee said earlier. You know what I mean? And, and I'm glad we, we started to do that. But I agree with you. Maybe we left Duncan Robinson open a little bit too much this game. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe switch off with somebody who's cold, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> somebody who's not hitting the three. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. But overall, I, I, like, I, I like that we adjusted. I liked... Even the box out. Shout out to hold on. Let me get into my RJ Barrett. Let me get into my RJ Barrett stuff. I am extremely proud of what RJ has done so far in this series. He's gotten a lot of hate, a lot of critique all season long. I critiqued him myself as well. But the biggest critique, the most damning critique that I've heard about RJ all season was, and see, now Lee's not, Lee's away from this. Here you go. Yeah, come back. This is your part, Lee. <laughs> Sorry, my chat threw up. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Hey, all good. All good. But yeah. People already put a ceiling on RJ Barrett and said, okay, he's not going to get better than this. He's been the second best player in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. For this team, 
um, hopefully, you know, this continues within the regular season next year and, and this becomes like who he is as a person. But to have this performance back to back playoffs, uh, have this type of impact. So all of a sudden he's shooting well from the field. He's shooting better from the three in places. He's hitting clutch free throws because he hit clutch free throws today. Uh, had a, a huge box out against Jimmy Butler where Butler um, threw him to the floor and we got the ball back from, from a foul. He is locked in and he's grown. And I'm hoping this is the real RJ Barrett, but this, this is, this is why I'm hesitant to put s- ceilings on guys under 26 years old, especially guys under 26 who work like RJ does and like our guys do. Cause you just don't know what it's going to click in your mind. And all of a sudden the, the, the trajectory might change. So kudos for RJ had another really great game. And I heard an announcer say this today, but we have, we've been losing against the heat, but even though we were losing, he's had one bad game versus the heat. And it's been kind of underrated how good he's been playing. Hundred percent agree. It's, it's it's sorry, Ryan. I'm just gonna say something real quick because I was one of the I was the only one of the of us three that criticized him. Not criticized, but had a lower ceiling perception of what he could be, and it felt good to set the bar low so it could be shot, and mm-hmm. also feels good to be wrong because he's a homegrown talent that in my years of fandom I haven't seen someone that we drafted in a, as a high lottery pick develop into a, a star. You know, because KP wasn't here long enough and never played in the playoffs. So it's been really nice to see that. Happy to take the L, and I hope it continues. Absolutely. I think okay. we have to give RJ – this is my mind. I'm going to give RJ room to grow. I give RJ room to grow, and I lower my expectations in Julius Randle. <laughs> that's, that's how I – like, that's what I mean when me leaves arguing before about Julius Randle being the most clutch person, and I'm just like, he has to mentally get it right for me to put him in that situation because he's going to frustrate you, but then at the same time – He'll have a second half like he did today where he shoots threes. He's diming people up. <laughs> he's getting the club. Like, it, it's, it's, just, it's just so up and down with him mentally. Mentally. But I, to me, I put Julius in my box where somebody had a good comparison to him. They call him like Colin the DeMar Rosen. Like, he's really, really good. Really good player. Probably not going to be the best player your team is going to win you a championship. But he's a really good player. And as long as I keep him in that mind where he's going to be a really good player, and that's what he is, and if Co- if Tibbs can keep doing it today, is, hey, this really good player is going off the rails. You're going to sit a little bit longer. As long as we do that, we should be fine. <laughs> I do want to add one thing, though. What? About the Bodman. Go ahead. RJ Barrett. This man had us fooled. Because this man throughout the regular season played up and down. Then when the playoffs came, all of a sudden, he's playing like the player that we thought he could be. At this point, I think it's safe to say that RJ Barrett is a true veteran. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like all the other veteran players in the NBA. They don't care much about the regular season. They just cruise through the regular <laughs> season. But then when the playoffs come, that's where they show their true. That's where they show their true selves. That's where they show their true selves. Joyce Randall really reminds me of Chris Weber a lot. I made this comparison before. I think Weber was someone who was indicted for not giving a full effort on defense and and kind of 
taking his time and conserving his energy for the offensive side of the ball. He's also mm. someone who made a lot of mental mistakes at end of games. I'm not talking about colleges. I'm talking about the pros with Sacramento specifically. Right. And someone who had a higher opinion of himself than what he actually was. Their games are very similar too. Uh, both thrived when they caught the ball and made quick decisions. But when they caught it and held it and became a ball stopper, that's when they brought the continuity of a team and actually had more low, low efficiency shooting percentages from three uh, mid-range and in the free throw line. So I think that that's a good person that Randall should be studying what not to do because as great as Weber was, and he's Hall of Fame, not sure if Randall will ever be there, um, the heat, there is a lot to learn from his game, both good and bad, for the type of number two option that Randall could be um, once we start adding more talent to his team and if he's still there. Yeah, nah, that's a good, that's a pretty good comparison, man. That's a pretty good comparison because as we saw today, when he moved quicker, that's when things started to, to open up for us and everybody. Uh, yeah, he started taking threes when it came, he started making plays. Uh, kudos to RJ Barrett too, who's moving without the ball uh, when we isoled. Like when he's when he's locked in, and, and then the defense p- even picked up. I've seen him challenging threes, flying out more when he got into a rhythm offensively. So we have to. The coach has to keep him engaged. The coach has to sit him down when he's not playing well. And and if, as long as we do that, bring Obi Toppin in here to sit him down and watch it. I think we should be fine. And ooh, I don't know, man. He keeps getting a beating. He has like a big old knot on his eye the whole day. Man, he caught a beating. Man, he caught a beating. It's a salute to Randall. But um, I'm last person I want to talk about tonight. Quentin Grimes, man. Quentin Grimes, Mr. Untouchable. The guy who the Knicks refused to put in the Donald Mitchell trade, which was a whole lie anyway. But man. And the Zach Levine trade. Listen, well, that one is actually, yes. We needed him tonight. Another uninformed take that I keep hearing people say, and it drives me freaking crazy. How many points did he score? Nine points? He's not that special. He's not. It's, it's, it's my same argument with Mitch. People think that points are the end-all, be-all of how you affect the game. And if you're not scoring over 20 points, they don't think you're integral to the success of the team. But like Ryan G said, because of his quick release and his non-hesitancy to shoot the ball, which took him like half the season because he didn't shoot. Like for the first half of the season, he didn't want to shoot. (laughs) But those two things opened up the floor for, for Brunson and his defense is... Has been great for us. Now the, the play of the game for me was when homie got hurt, was limping on one leg, fourth quarter, game on the line. Jimmy Butler smells blood. He was like, oh, he's hurt. I'm gonna take him one-on-one. Grimes ends up with the steal one-on-one with Jimmy on one leg. Game ball goes to Brunson Grimes. That was the play. That was one of the plays of the game. Yep. That was one of the plays. That was phenomenal. I've never seen nothing like that. I'll go even further. I think that's the best play he's made in his career. Yep. To to this day. That's the best play because you would think that him hopping on one leg, you would think that he's barbecue chicken. Like, I don't blame Jimmy Butler for getting the ball and, and, and look at him like, you know what? 
he's hurt. I'm I'm going to attack him. But the fact that he was able to fight off the pain and play defense in a crucial moment of the game and stop Jimmy Butler and steal and steal the ball and create a turnover. That like right there, that play alone was like the greatest, like, you know, toughness, mm-hmm. all heart moment of the whole game right there. And Jimmy Butler himself, five of 12, 41% from the field. He didn't have a crazy game. 19 points, nine assists, though. This <laughs> is like even his non-crazy games are like, oh, 19 points, nine assists, seven right. rebounds. <laughs> That's what makes Miami so dangerous is that him and Bam are both way above average playmakers. Yeah. And when they get into that mid-range spot, uh, they're deadly either way. They take a shot, it's no one in. They, mm-hmm. they decide to, to facilitate, they don't find an open shooter. And they're really the only two players on the team that can operate in the mid-range. Everyone else takes either one or two shots, a three, or they get to the bastard. Yeah, which is the beauty of Miami because people underestimate them because, you know, because they don't have a lot of playmakers per se. But if we have two guys who, who are a big man who can pass and a, a small forward who can pass and they're all mid-range guys and you surround them with shooting, like that's pretty much a, a recipe to win games right there. Like you can really do damage just with those few things, especially if your you're, you're big man power forward center can shoot in that mid-range too because that kind of opens up the floor for everybody so and they've done a good job and today they didn't shoot well they actually haven't shot well this series <laughs> we just we just got to keep with the defense yo shout out stop perry man for developing a team it's built mostly on his draft acumen i know Walt parents in in worldwide west have had their calls and their say on certain players like emmanuel quickly but mitchell robinson quentin grimes rj barrett I mean, these are guys that were, you know, selected and developed in New York system. We finally have a damn team that can actually draft a player and develop him and watch him get better year after year. Yeah, man. Shout out to Worldwide. Shout out to Worldwide. Definitely shout out to him. And shout out to Mitchell freaking Robinson because they went to Mitch and my man said no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I might miss some, but I'm I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit a few and keep you honest. And then he hit two in a row right before he got checked out for uh for Hartenstein. So I uh, salute to you, Mitch, who had all five rebound, a five offensive rebound game, and scared Miami so much that they had to foul him to get him out of it. It was like, nope, <laughs> we can't do it. But yeah. shout out to Samiro Ciano, though. I see you. Files which says typical to hell of a game. Randall with a three great third quarter. Brunson and RJ are consistent. Rebounds. Lots to like. I think we still won in Miami. If we still won in Miami and this game seven back in New York. We're winning. We're winning. I'm hoping. Let's pray to the basketball gods, man. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> we need facts. I'm, I'm just hoping because I'm going to be in New York for that game. So I'm praying like that's good vibes right there. Please. Like, yes. Yo. Yes. Bring the Man, Ryan G vibes. If we win this series, I'm buying a black China flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing beats the ice spice for that though. <laughs> <laughs> My guy. Oh man. Uh, any any you guys want to get anything off the chest? You feel like we need to touch on something? I got a bro pick. Oh, let's go. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this because the man is a basketball genius, but my bro pick is for Eric Spostra, uh, who I think is the best coach in the playoffs. But he had a moment today that I think really pissed off the Knicks, offended him, and lit a fire under their ass. And that's when he thought, oh, we're up by 10. I can put in my D team, my F team, and put the five worst players in my rotation on the court, five guys that have not played together this season, this series yet, and you know, rest – Get some rest for Bam, get some rest for Jimmy, get some rest for Gabe, Struce. And he put these five bums on the court. He put Kayla Martin, was probably the best player, Duncan Robinson, Cody Zeller, Black China, and Hayward Highsmith. This guy, <laughs> if not for Pat Riley, find him in some bargain bin, you know, at, at, at the dollar store. This guy would not be in the NBA. I've watched this guy all series. This guy is an absolute all capital three letter bum. This guy played oh three minutes, God. and in that three-minute span, the Eris Boster had him. The Knicks were on a run and cut their lead to one. And what did he do? Timeout, bums out, starters in. And from that, <laughs> from that moment on, from that moment on, the the tide of the game changed. And yeah. the Knicks didn't necessarily maintain the lead all the way throughout, but the Knicks were in it. They were fiery. They were competitive. They found their offensive rebounding, and it's because, I mean, when, when you're on the court. When you're Randall or Brunson or Quentin Grimes, and you look, you see Highsmith come on the court, you're like, I'm sorry, is it the fourth quarter? Yeah. Are we about to lose this game? No, man, it's a second quarter. They started started hitting threes. They started rebounding and playing defense, and I loved it, man. Aerosposure, you shot your load too early, and that's what happens when you have premature ejaculation as a coach, bro. Oh, damn. (laughs) All facts. We won the game. Did we not win the game? Oh, there's for two minute man, God damn. Uh, no, no. <laughs> three Highsmith, literally the three minute man. <laughs> three minute last man. Three minutes of the game. <laughs> oh, these analogies, man. <laughs> I'm the king of pause, bro. Oh, the king of pause. Is oh, man. It's, it's, it's like it's like it's like when you're a ball. It's like when you're a ball player and you know you're, you're playing ball and stuff, and you're playing with substitutions and stuff, and all of a sudden. You said you said them British playing to the game. You just and you, then you looking at this, you looking at them like this your man? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, who like, like, like you really want to bring him to the game? You sure about that? Yeah, <laughs> whose man is that? Yeah, uh, I got a, I got my uh, game ball goes to Fritz who just posted blue chew sponsorship incoming. <laughs> <laughs> Give my man Highsmith some blue chew. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. My god, bro. Fritz. What a turn if we go. If we oh, turn to blue chew. I that <laughs> it's funny because I haven't seen them pop up in pockets. That's the problem. Uh, <laughs> extra strength blue chew. This is extra strength. <laughs> the chat. Oh, I love the chat, man. Regular strength isn't enough for you? Like, okay, never mind. <laughs> you need help, help, huh? You can imagine, like, the next, like, advertisement for for Blue Chew. 
don't don't last a short time in the bed like Highsmith. Get that. Speaking of lasting a short time, how many minutes did Josh Hart play today? Uh, Nine. This had to be like the worst game of Josh Hart's life. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad Tibbs benched his ass. Yeah. It was awful. Nine minutes and three seconds of awfulness. (laughs) Negative 11 on the night. Foulathon. Although the, the the fifth foul he got from Kyle Lowry was Kyle Lowry baited him, baited the rest once again. But yeah, Josh Hart had it rough, man. He, he had it rough. Still believe in you, Josh. Yeah, yeah. still believe in you. But you gotta take the shots when you have them. Facts. That's yeah, and, and we're gonna need Josh Hart to be Josh Hart of Miami for the next. Yeah. Away. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, he Jail's, had a You got a super chat. Oh, shout out to Alexander. No 420 super chat today. $5 super chat. <laughs> he says, Lee's about to make Kirsty by being the first ever to foul out of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Still last longer than Highsmith. Let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Facts. Yo. <laughs> definitely, definitely a two tacker. And out of here type of comments <laughs> between Black China and Blow Your Logo to back to back. <laughs> Definitely be tossed. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> Orange and blue chew. <laughs> I'm dead. Oh, man. Amazement. That's a hilarious. Orange and blue chew is amazing. Yo, amazing. Ama- oh, amazement said it. Yo, yep. yo, amazement. You might have a career as like a ghostwriter or something, dog. I don't know. Copywriter. <laughs> oh, man. Blue Chew with a little Knicks logo on. That'd be cool. <laughs> someone make that meme. Please, someone make that meme with Highsmith's face on it. Orange and Blue Chew. Come on, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> you know it's a good uh, day when we can laugh about Blue Chew at the end of a post game. All right. It feels good. Feels good. Yeah, man. Feels good to get a win and not not be uh smacked like all the analysts thought, man. Feels good, yep, man. Exactly. Feels good. Next game up is Friday. We gotta suit up for Friday. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, remember, Nick's only gotta bring one suit. Yep, that's it. Just one game at a time. And exactly. like RJ Barrett said, it's only 13 teams have done it, so it's been done before. All right. So this will be a tough road, but one game at a time. Let's get back to Miami. Play the same type of game we played today. Rebound the ball. And we should be okay. We should be okay. Because like, like I said, this whole series, it's not like they, the, the Heat have been shooting lights out. You know, we've been playing better defense than the number one defense team in the league. One of the top defensive teams in the league in the Bucks. We just got to rebound. Yeah. He's got to rebound. Hold on. Pause a minute. I'll let Andros on Before we close it out, I guess we got our, our closer tonight. So, caller, Alejandro. Come on, man. Let us know. 
Testing one, two, three. I got a bad mic. Testing, testing one, two, three. Testing. Clear? Testing. Yeah. All right, all right. Check this out. First things first. How you doing tonight, Jay Evans? How you doing tonight? My man is stats in the back, Ryan G. How you doing tonight? Truth telling me. Shout out to everybody enjoying the KOT show. So, boom. First things first. He Miami fans are lucky. I was not able to call on the last episode because they thought it was going to come through to the KOT show and run their mouth. Like if I was season was done. Well, let me explain. <laughs> Be on y'all case. Go ahead and ask Georgia. How's that working out right now? I've been on their case, smoking them in a the split nonstop for two seasons. Don't start with me. Do not start with me. Don't even try and run your mouth when y'all got a 3 1 lead. I want to hear y'all talk crash when it's zero zero. Don't say nothing when you got a lead. That's soft to me. The same softness I saw from Clint Capella running his mouth for the first time in his seven year career when he was banging with Todd Gibson. Don't start with me, Miami. That's number one. Number two, South Power New York for grinding out that, that W tonight. I have faith. I still believe. I'm not giving up. I'm definitely trying to fight and get nasty Friday night and get that game six win. But if you win me, if you win me, screw you. Get ready for all season. We don't got no time for that. Because I, in my opinion, as one of the few chances we're going to have at winning an NBA championship, I've been doing this for 10 years, 30 years. I might not get close again like this. Ain't no Giannis in the way. KD traded away. LeBron didn't get from the East. MB got a mess up me. I don't trust the Celtics. Look, they losing right now. So this is my only chance. So if y'all not with this 3-2 comeback, I don't even go around. This is my only chance, and I'm going to go home. I believe that in game six, you got to show some energy because in Florida, the game three and four, we had no energy. Obviously, game three was a blowout. Game four, those loose balls, those rebounds, the chance in the second half, that hurt us. Tonight, well, this off was the turnover. Yeah. Gotta cut down the turnover. I like seeing Brunson and Grimes give it their all, but please coach in, add in some more depth because we don't want to burn those guys out. 48 minutes, we needed it, but at the same time, geez, they're gonna burn out at this rate, and then we're not gonna be able to complete the comeback. So continue doing what y'all did tonight, Mitch. Shout out, come on, shout out to Big Mitch Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, man. With the pressure, so what was that? I was telling because I was watching the game with people. I was like, yo, we got to follow and kick him out. But we couldn't after the first two. He banged on three from three on three and four. I was like, oh, Mitch is on his A game tonight. It was amazing to see. He was stepping it up. Our players stepped it up. They felt the moment. They felt the moment. Obviously, Russell did. But Ronald, he wasn't all that crazy statistically. For him to play the whole game, bang his knee at the end, and get that feel of us, I was going crazy. I was going crazy. I want to see more open topics because in Florida, like I said, we have an energy problem. I think Obi would help with that. But at the end of the day, I'm not the coach. I'm just a fan. I believe in what we got going on. I'm not giving up. If we do win Friday, it's going to be a close nail biter like it was this game, game two. So that's what it is. Y'all already know. Y'all been talking to me the whole year. I just wanted y'all to hear us out and let y'all know we're coming in hard Friday night. We lose the draw if we win. Great. If we lose, heads up for 15 games of the great season, and just know Miami fans, don't get on my case because you, that's a battle you will not win. You can beat my team on the court, shut the hell up when they talk about my team and try and troll any of my content creators, any of my fans. That's a battle you simply will not win because I will get on you for years and years and years and years and years. Okay? Any discussion. I'm back. Let's go.
on Nick, baby. Six and seven. Six and seven. <laughs> oh man. Shout out to my guy Alejandro. He's not lost faith. Nixon seven. Yes, sir. One game at a time, man. Ooh, it, was, it was tougher to hear you that time. It was tougher to hear you. But I I, I caught the gist of it. I caught the gist. Woo. <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. Good show. Good show. Good show. Good show. Shout out to Mitch. Shout out to Josh Hart. Shout out to Randall. Shout out to Grimes. Shout out to Hardenstein. Shout out to the big shot, Brunson. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to the followers of the KOT show, man. Oh, it's good to get a, a win tonight and get a good night's sleep. I can sleep really good. Yep. For real. Yes, sir. Stress free. we back here on Friday night. All right. All right. Lee, let her know where they can find you, sir. At underscore Lee Escobedo, L E E E S C O B E D O. All right. All right, Ryan G, let her know where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me at Ryan G K O T. That's right. And listen, follow us at the KOT Show on Twitter, the Naked Time Show on Instagram and Facebook as well at the Naked Time Show. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can listen to the KOT show. Get your snapbacks to the black and white and the blue and orange at the nickoftimeshow.com. Just through there, hit catalog button, boom, you'll see the snapbacks, copy it for you. Shout out to my guy Gaming Channel today, who was at the next game, rocking his KOT blue and orange, repping the KOT show and repping those New York Knicks. I know he enjoyed that wins and i enjoyed you guys too i enjoyed celebrating you guys and actually talking about a win all right let's hope we let's hope we get this comeback going next next game up is on friday all right all right uh i'm i'm just really glad too that that whole oh we would have swept y'all if you you, you, i was like man like our guys were hurt too like whatever it's fine it's fine though i'm glad that narrative is at least down no, yep. we we could have swept that. Okay, Jimmy Jimmy is here now. All right, Jimmy is here. We 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 missing the guy in IQ. Y'all missing your guy. All right, cool. Now yeah. let's go. It's important to note this is the best season and postseason since two thousand one. Yes, twenty two years, man. This is the best one. Let's enjoy it. Let's let's enjoy it. Exactly. Let's enjoy. It. So it's a crazy. Oh, fire this guy and trade this guy and da 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 da. Yeah. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy this, man. We haven't had this in 20 years. This is not the end-all, be-all season for the New York Knicks. This is a building block. We're building habits. We're getting guys here who have never been in the second round before. They're getting second-round playoff experience. These Miami Heat guys, they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They're one game away from the Finals. One game. All right? They have an experience. We have to fight that. Now, what happens sometimes is young teams grow within the series and they, they learn how to win sometimes between the series. But a lot of times, young teams take their loss first. All right. But we're going to have to lean on Jalen Brunson. We're going to have to lean on RJ Barrett. Hopefully, RJ Barrett is taking his lumps and he's doing his rise in case you think. And hopefully, you figure it out. All right. So we'll see. We're going to see if this story continues on Friday. We have a shot. Let's keep it going. All right. That is our show, man. That's our show. We out this mug. And guess what? 
as always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks, YouTube, and Twitter streets. That's our show. We out this mug. Peace. New York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, 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 coming,